You're listening to the Seasons Change Podcast. Aw, yeah, it's time for another episode of Seasons Change. I'm your host, Vactor, and I've got the always angry Jeff W. with me. Jeff, how's it going? Not angry. That's a lie. <laughs> Seasons Change is your weekly geekly dose of everything Jeff W. and I have been consuming throughout the week. Whether it's movies, TV shows, comic books, we're going to do all of those things. And actually, little programming note here, we are going to be switching up a little bit because we used to talk about video games on this podcast. But Jeff W. and I are in the process of creating our own video game podcast alongside Mr. Wonder Rob from the Geek So To Speak podcast. So all of our video game talk will be moved over there. We actually just recorded a Back for Blood video with Rob, and we've got some Dying Light 2 coverage coming out soon. So stay tuned. We'll be updating you as soon as that is available. But if you're wondering where the video game talk went, that's where it went. But this week I do have a video game recommendation. So I'll, I will say that in this episode. But... For future news and reviews, we're going to be going over to our own separate podcast. Let's get right into the show this week, Jeff. We're going to start off with our comic book corner. We're going to review Uncharted, speaking of video games, the movie this week as our main discussion. And then we're going to end the week with our weekly recommendations. So let's go right into our comics corner, Jeff. And I'll start it off this week by talking about a little book by Donny Cates called crossover now do you know anything about crossover at all jeff nope except that it's usually a bad idea to crossover <laughs> well image comics actually has the very first issue for free of crossover oh, nice. on their website which a lot of these they do it's kind of cool image the way they put the first issue on there for free give you a little taste mm-hmm. but it is like i said donnie cates on the story and jeff shaw on the art the basic premise is imagine everything you thought was fantasy was real. So everything in the comic books is actually part of the real world. And in this crossover, the comics jump off the page and into real life. But you can see them because you can tell them from normal humans because they have those bendy dots on their faces, that old-timey look to the comic books right? that they kind of yeah. played around with in Into the Spider-Verse. So all of these characters jump from the comics page into the real world. And how would the world be affected if, you know, Superman's flying around or, or the Flash is running around? Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't, I'm about halfway through the first volume right now. Kids love chains. So far, I am loving this book. Donny Cates is one of my favorite current writers. He's actually doing that Hulk book that just, um, oh, yeah, that, that we were... talked about they were looking at yeah, yeah yeah and he he's the one who's responsible for bringing all of the backstory to venom all of the symbiote stuff from other planets and the king symbiote the king in black all that stuff is donny cates uh working over at marvel but this is his image independent stuff and the art is great the story is great i'm loving crossover so far so i'll continue on that one and I'll, I'll probably give you some updates when i get all caught up on that but definitely check out crossover jeff hmm. yeah i think the art looks interesting just looking at the at the stuff on images website yeah donny cates is also writing a book 
for image called redneck jeff oh about ben well my wife when she saw it immediately said hey is this is this aaron aaron the previous host of seasons change with me and i Uh, said "Uh, yeah that kind of fits uh that fits aaron a lot of get her done's in there yeah yeah um he also wrote god country art by jeff shaw which i read that as well and that one Mm. was okay to me it wasn't like fantastic but it was a cool story where this guy got a huge sword and that sword had the power of a god so he could basically you know change everything because of this one sword Mm. So definitely check out God Country as well. That was another good one from Donnie Cates. What have you been reading this week, Jeff? Yeah, so um, actually I caught up on a, or not caught up, but I've been starting yes. a, a recommendation that you made. We were yes. talking about like a, like a criminal-esque comic book, no pun intended, <laughs> on the title. Um, it's the uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips Criminal. Yes, uh, a few issues deep in on that, yes. and um, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it. It seems pretty standard, you know. What I, but I do, I do like what they're doing here. Um, you know, they're. Uh, I think where I left off was is they were setting up like the tunnel heist of like the evidence uh, truck. I don't know how far. Uh, I'm sure you've gotten to this point, right? Uh, or how much of that book have you read? You know, I forgot because I was reading it when it was first coming out. And oh, okay. I, I completely forgot. So yeah, I actually like, need to do a. a and I, I didn't one. realize this thing is like 15 years old yes. at this point. Yes. Uh, so it's quite old, uh, which kind of like, I'm, you know, there's things like this where I'm like, oh, yeah, I just totally missed out on this thing. And it's it's just out there. You know what I mean? Like for yeah. for comics, for me in general, um, or like that. And what made me recommend that to you is because you were talking about detective stories, like mm-hmm. crime detective stories. And the first thing that comes to my mind is Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, because They've been doing a ton of stuff on in that crime and noir yeah. world. So yeah. um, anytime you see their name, Brubaker and Phillips, I would rec- I wouldn't, it would be a blind buy for me. I would just say, go check it just out. Go get it. Yeah. Yeah. Fatal, the fade out, all of those mm-hmm. books that they do together are great. And it actually, you know, kind of made me as I was going back and, and thinking about criminal and Ed Brubaker, it made me think about, how good a writer he is and i hadn't been reading a lot of his recent stuff but this mm-hmm. is the guy who created the winter soldier so right. when he was working at marvel he was the one who brought bucky barnes back created the winter soldier and then that led to you know the movies and the tv show on disney plus um right. he was also writing on westworld he's been doing a ton of stuff in comics film and in television so like I said, anything by Ed Rubaker and Sean Phillips, definitely mm-hmm. check it out. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's pretty, I'd say so far in the few handful of issues uh, I'm in so far, you know, it's, it seems like a pretty standard, you know, uh, crime drama um, heist, you know, setup movie. Uh, like you said, detective. Um, it's, and you know, and what, I, what I like about it is the, uh, the format of comics. Like, it's kind of like, not to uh, draw direct comparison, but just kind of in the same spirit of like, you know, like when you see The Walking Dead, you know, in uh, like in, you know, you see like as like, hey, here's finally a zombie TV show. You know, you didn't see really any of those before, like a serialized or, you know, uh, you know, a big zombie television show that was going on for multiple episodes. Right. Um, it's nice to have 
you know, a serious crime element, crime, you know, detective story in comics rather than the, you know, the standard superhero stuff. Uh, and that's what I like most about you know, kind of any book that does that. But the this one in particular is, is really good. I like the art. I think the art's been really great uh, for what it is. You know, it's not overly complex uh, and it gets across what, you know, they're trying to convey. Um, right. So I'm really enjoying that. Uh, the setup they have with these like families and this this old man that's in here and these I don't know if he eventually dies or whatever, but. Uh, this guy's on like heroin, you know, they're covering some pretty intense topics. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's good. I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to finish that other one I was reading the, um, the fourth man, uh, one. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, and I think this one will be one I'm reading kind of alongside of that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is definitely one that, you know, uh, is, uh, is keeping my attention. Uh, it is kind of exactly what I was looking for. I actually met one of the creators on the art team. The colorist uh-huh. is Elizabeth Brightweiser. I actually met her when I was living in Memphis. Her husband came to do a signing at the comic store in Memphis, Comics and Collectibles. Uh-huh. And she was there with him. And we actually interviewed him on our comic book co- oh, podcast back okay. in the day, Geekland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was real nice. And he was real nice, too, both of them. Um, I don't see him working a lot today. Like, I tried to look up the other, maybe last year. I was like, oh, yeah, what's whatever happened to him? Because he's... I don't see his name all the time. She's apparently been working a ton. Like she gets a ton of work. Um, she's worked on Outcast with Robert Kirkman, um, mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man, Captain America, Hulk. So anytime you see Elizabeth Brightweiser's name, um, definitely, I think she's a talented colorist. And that's one of the art team. You know, the colorist and the inker, and even the letterer, are the guys that really don't get as much publicity as you know the writer and the penciler. Right. You know, the inker, he's a tracer. He's a tracer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely all of these guys come together and make, you know, what we see as art in the comic world. Sticking with Ed Brubaker, GF. Oh, Eddie? I yeah. actually I actually got a chance to read Kill or Be Killed by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Not the whole thing. Again, I'm about halfway through this one, man. There's so much content, mm-hmm. to, you know, to go through. But... Our former co-host Fink on the Seasons Change podcast was telling me that he was Who? loving, <laughs> he was loving Kill or Be Killed so much, and I was like, "All right, oh. let me check this out because number one, it's Brew Baker and Phillips, so I know it's going to be good. But number two, why is Fink going crazy over this book? Right, and I can definitely tell why he's into it, knowing Fink. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed." getting into this world of basically the premise is a young man is forced to kill bad people. If he doesn't, he will be killed. So he's trying to like struggle with, he's also got a ton of stuff going on in his life. um, At the the threat of, or from who? It's a demon who ends up doing it. So it's something supernatural. Yeah. There's a supernatural element to it, which actually is kind of weird because the way it starts off, it is a hundred percent, real he's talking about politics he's talking about you know things that are going on in the world mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden there's a demon out of nowhere so it's kind of like whoa this is not yeah. what i was expecting i thought this was just going to be like a crime yeah. book but right, right yeah there is a supernatural element to it but i haven't seen how that plays out in the later books because um there's actually four volumes of the trade paperback and one deluxe hardcover 
I think it collects everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm about halfway through the first volume, so I'm, I'm enjoying Kill or Be Killed. I'm going to continue with that, and probably at some point I'll do a criminal re reread like I did with Saga earlier this year. Right? Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll try to catch up. It's uh, yeah, there's yeah. just so many right. to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's get into our main review this week, Jeff. You and I just saw Uncharted at the theater. We came from it hours ago. Yep. Starring Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg. What is the plot or the premise of this movie, Jeff? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. If somebody uh, asks you, what is this about? So a couple of guys that think they're adventurous <laughs> instead of actually going on adventures, just rob museums. And then the older of the guys disappears and then the younger brother becomes a magical, uh, you know, pickpocket artist. And then he gets picked up by some old creepy guy who then wants him to do his bid bidding. Uh, and then they're chasing the gold of Magellan, who who didn't go around the world first, but did go around the world first. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's ships. There's uh, fighting and Tom Holland-isms. Okay. So that was Uncharted in a Jeff shell, in a nutshell. In the show. In the show. That's all we need. So you and I are fans of the video game series that this movie is based yeah. on. Yeah. It is, I would say, my wife's favorite video game franchise. Um, she loves the Which- Telltale games. I was going to say, it's curious that it's both of your favorites, but I don't think when we were talking about the story at uh, when we were eating following this movie, I don't think any one of us at the table could remember <laughs> what like what was going on in the games. Like 100%. Right. You know. I think she played it the most recent out of all of us. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's been a while for me. It's been a couple years since I finished it. But we also got to meet Nolan North who is the voice actor on Drake, as well as Troy Baker, who ends up playing Drake's brother in Uncharted 4. But we have a huge fandom and, and love for the series overall. So when they announced a movie, and I think we talked about the trailer on this podcast, we were a little bit skeptical because how many successful video game movies have they done? How many video game mm. adaptations have they turned into a movie that were good? Can you... What's your favorite, actually, now that I think about it? What's your favorite oh, video man. game movie? You got Tomb no. Raider. You got... I, put, I put Sonic up high up on that list. Oh, yeah. I th- Sonic. I think. We saw I mean, that together. It's, it's like serviceable, right? Right. Um, right. It's, not, it's not bad. Um, maybe, man, maybe one of those Mortal Kombat movies would be up there. Not that yeah. they're in particular good movies, but right. they're, they do serve a purpose. Like, I could right. definitely... Be like, hey man, these are funny. You should watch these at least. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, there's a little bit of action, and they and they play into it pretty heavily. Um, man, what else? I I'm trying to think of what else because you know the, Did all you like the other the ones, Resident like, Evil movies. You know, the Resident Evil movies are not great to me. I think the first two are decent. You know, for the most part, they're okay. The Warcraft movies sucked. <laughs> um, I think the Far Cry movies sucked. Detective uh, the Pikachu. Hit, Hitman movies. Uh, do you think? Do you yep. think? Would you count that? Because that's almost like 
I get if you're counting that. Have you, did you watch? Did you ever watch Detective Pikachu? I did. Yes. I thought it was like a charming movie. Like I yeah. thought it was like you know fine for what yes. it was. Um, if you count that, that'd be up there. It's kind of. I mean, it's kind of messed up, but I think like Sonic might be. Sonic could be the best one that's ever been made because Doom yeah. sucks. Tomb Raider I didn't like. Uh, the Mortal Kombat Target Street Fighter was not good. The Mario oh, yeah. movie obviously is trash. Uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of what else would have ranked high on that list. If there's anything weird that's like, you know, that counts but doesn't count to me, like that Rampage movie uh, with The Rock or whoever was in that sucked. Right. You know, uh, Assassin's Creed Persia. was not good. Yeah, Assassin's Creed wasn't good. They tried to do Silent Hill, not good. There's the just Warcraft movie. Did we? T- did you mention that? Uh yeah yeah that Warcraft yeah. the animated yeah that now, you know what's one that I don't think most people think about mm-hmm. there's a movie called Werewolves Within and uh-huh. it's based loosely on Ubisoft's 2016 VR game I didn't know that I saw that movie during COVID or during the lockdown uh-huh. and I was pleasantly surprised didn't know it was based on a video game I wasn't familiar with Werewolves Within but it's got a ton of people that you like. It's got um, Harvey Gillen, who is Guillermo on um, what we oh, do yeah. in the shadows. Uh, on my favorite show. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a ton of like character actors, smaller actors. Um, Sam Richardson is really good in it, and I would recommend that one, Werewolves Within, if you yeah. haven't seen it. It's a nice little horror I, comedy. I guess that technically counts, but I'm thinking of things that are like major franchises. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. guess. On a technicality that would get through, but really, and I, I guess we'll, we'll get into it here in a second. But I mean, probably like Uncharted's going to rank pretty high because it was like serviceable. Yeah, right. I wouldn't say this thing blew me away, but you know, it was at least fine. You know, right? Well, that is surprising. So probably, Son- so probably Sonic. To answer the question, sorry. Okay. Uh, probably Sonic is like yeah weird as that seems and like maybe like two years ago it would have been like what are you talking about right it it might be sonic remember that prince of persia movie did you ever see that that's the one with jake gyllenhaal right yes right yeah yeah that uh, was I, not that was i not feel like movie. i watched that but i also can't remember a single thing about that movie i want to say you know i watched mean? that with rob from geek so to speak huh i can't remember but yeah that one was not great so i would say Uncharted is up there definitely for one of the better ones. To yeah. me, it felt like, and I described it this way to um, my wife's family when I went to see them after the movie. Mm-hmm. It's basically like the National Treasure movies. When you think about those type of, all right, it's an adventure, it's a treasure hunting movie, it's supposed to be like feel good family movie. Um, Uncharted, a little bit of salty language in there for. From the mm-hmm. GIFs of the world. Yep. But that's how I would describe it. If you're asking me, like, what type of movie is it? It felt like one of those National Treasure movies. Now, take that for what you will. I thought the first movie was okay. I didn't really care for the second one. But just like those movies, I feel like this Uncharted movie plays down to the lowest common denominator. It's kind of like a... Uh, summer popcorn movie shut your brain off type of thing where all right i can just let it be i don't have to think too hard about it it's tom holland doing parkour running around flipping and kicking people and mark Wahlberg trying to be funny yeah um 
I did not necessarily care for the comedy in the movie. There, especially yeah, there coming was off no laugh, there was no laugh out loud, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's... I can appreciate like the the Scottish accent thing that they oh, showed yeah. in every trailer. Well, yeah, that's the bad thing. A lot of the funny stuff yeah. was shown in that trailer, that first yeah. trailer. Yeah, like most so, of you've probably seen most of the funny stuff. Right when we saw it in the theater, it was like, oh yeah, I've already seen that, and it was kind of weird that the whole Mark Wahlberg. Tom Holland interaction. Aren't you a little young for a bartender? Aren't you a bit old for prom? That whole joke was gone, which that yeah, was Yeah, you're right. That, you know, that I didn't, didn't notice that. Yeah. yeah. That got roasted online. I wonder if they took it out because of that, because it didn't play very well. But oh, I forgot that was a, about that. And you yeah. know, it was weird. That interaction shows Mark Wahlberg with his tie tied up. When we see him in the movie, the first time we see him, the tie is undone. And he's just sitting yeah. there. So yeah. I wonder if that was a reshoot or what, because that was a completely different scene. Yeah, or if but, that scene was longer, perhaps. Yeah. Right. Going off of the game, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the middle as 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 far as is it a good adaptation of the game? My wife said yes when I was asking her after after the movie. Yeah, and like I said, she's a huge fan. But for me. There was some things missing, and that's why I can't say, oh, yeah, it was a great adaptation. Mm-hmm. Number one being the humor, that comedy element, where Drake is known for that. He's known for being a fun, like kind of like Deadpool, like wisecracking, quippy yeah. type of guy. And I think that all comes Spider-Man from Nolan North. Yes, yeah. right. Peter Parker-esque. I think that comes from Nolan North, because if you've seen him in his podcast or if you've seen him in interviews, he's just like that. He's quippy off the top, like off the top of his head. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of missing. I thought I liked Tom Holland. I yeah. couldn't not see him as Peter Parker. Like the whole time I was watching, I was like, that's Peter <laughs> Parker. Yeah. And you know, um, I'll say two things. Uh, one thing with Nolan North, you know, funny, you mentioned like his comedy. I think in this movie, like him, his cameo spoilers. I mean, obviously spoilers on the top of this. Yeah. Uh, if you're ever listening to this, but <laughs> I think his, um, you know, his cameo was what I think that was one of the moments I laughed out loud. Uh, you know, right. That was a highlight. Happy. We were all we were all happy. And I, yeah, it's something like before when we planned the tickets, I was like, we could see Nolan North, you know, like this is good. We're going to see his face on screen. Yeah. And uh, I was glad they included him. And he did have a, like a funny little little cameo. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a Stan Lee. All right. He's got one line or he's got no lines. You just see his face. He had a pretty yeah. good conversation a little chunk of a conversation yeah. there yeah and you know they didn't just totally just like have him walk by in the background yeah, um so that was then, cool because that was just paying respect to what yeah. he did for the whole franchise yeah and I, you know it would have been honestly would have been like kind of insulting if they did not you know give right. him something in here because i mean you know he's you know he's done he is drake he is drake and he is a great voice actor he saved the destiny franchise in <laughs> some way not like the right. whole franchise but you right. know, he came in and, and he showed you know what a professional voice actor should be doing uh for video yeah. games um, actually you know what's funny is he did deadpool's voice in all the video games and uh-huh. in some of the animated movies like they did the hulk versus wolverine and deadpool's in that and nolan north does his voice and then he did him in the like the Marvel versus Capcom series or whatever it was, when when you play as Deadpool, it's Nolan Norris' voice that you're hearing. So yeah. he's just known for that quippy, and then they cast Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that, you know, his uh, 
some of his most notable stuff is is games, right? Like obviously all of it, right? You know, right. It's not a he's not like a guy that is, you know, stepping into the genre, you know, reluctantly or for a paycheck, right. you know, like we this know guy, it's this guy. You know, it's kind of you know interesting. I was listening to a podcast on the way home, the Good Game Nice Try podcast, which is the guy from Conan when they uh-huh. did all the the clueless gamer bits. Yeah, um, his podcast, and he interviewed Nolan North. One thing that stood out to me, he said, voice actors are kind of like independent contractors. We're like plumbers. You wouldn't just fix a toilet. You would hire a plumber to fix your shower, fix your sink, fix your pipes. The plumber's not going to turn it down and say, oh, yeah, I I only fix toilets. And that's the same thing with the actor. He was saying, I'll do voiceover. I'll do on camera. You know, whatever it is, if it's an acting job, I'll just do it. Video games. So he was like, I'm not sacred with anything where I, yeah. I'm i above that. So I was like that mentality. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I feel like it's, I'm glad when he gets um, celebrated in that respect. Because yeah. I feel like he's part of a genre that gets, you know, crapped on it in video games. Right. Um, well, and then, I wonder or yeah, go ahead. if this series continues, if they, let's say, you know, they, you know, Sony wants to do a trilogy. Let's yeah. say if they do actually get their trilogy, will Nolan North appear in every movie? That would be kind of funny if he did have a Stan Lee type cameo. Yeah, honestly, I wish they would give him, yeah, give him something at least, you know, yeah. if they continue to go. And I, and I kind of do hope they go. But um, to talk about Holland, I think that's maybe where we can, you know, so I mean, he's probably, I know you said you couldn't unsee, you know, Peter Parker. Right. Um, But I think, I'm trying to think of like, when I look back at the movie, it's He's probably the best thing about it for me, I mm-hmm. think. Over Mark um, Wahlberg. Over Wahlberg, over yeah. all that stuff. You know, you know, Wahlberg, I'm not like a huge Wahlberg guy. Like, I don't like a lot of like stuff that he's in or whatever. Like, I really don't right. have like, an opinion on him. Like, it's like, you know, it's not negative, but it's also not like super positive. Right. Just in the um, middle. Just in the middle. And, um, you know, he, he was fine, serviceable in here. Um, but yeah, I think Holland to me was was the best thing, despite you know also feeling like that a little bit. You know, he's uh, you know just focusing on like his major Peter Parker role, like that's all you could see. But uh, I thought he actually, you know, he has like good delivery. They had some decent you know jokes in here. There wasn't like a ton. I wish, like you said, there was more. Yeah, but, but honestly, like if I look at everything, if I'm rating everything, he's probably you know. Is he a little small or a little bit, you know, young for, I think. Yeah, he looks Drake, looks too young to be Drake. You know, I I think that's a, that's kind of a little bit of a problem. But, like, if I'm looking at this movie, if I, you know, randomly show this to somebody who's not looking at that, like, right. I think he might walk away as, like, the best thing about it, you know. Yeah. Well, I had watched a review, a non-spoiler review before I went into the movie. And uh-huh. the thing that they said, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Dan Mural on YouTube. And he was saying, it's an okay movie. Oh, you know who it was? I'm sorry. It was Christian Harloff on YouTube. I always like his stuff. But it's an okay movie if you don't know anything about the comics. Hmm. I'm sorry, about the video game. Yeah. If you come in as a video game fan, it's not a great adaptation of the video game. That's how he kind of fell into it. Yeah. And like I said, I'm kind of on the fence. I also think the movie was fine. It was like, one of those national treasure movies i'll put it on in the background or maybe i'll watch it with my dad but i'm not yeah. gonna want you know go back and and re-watch it by myself and 
as a game, as an adaptation of the game, there's elements of it that I liked, which was basically all the action sequences, all of the set pieces going from world to world or going from country to country, finding all those treasure yeah. clues, being Indiana Jones, all that stuff was fun. Mm-hmm. But then, like we talked about, we've already beat it like a dead horse. The comedy element was lacking. And then I didn't find the stuff in between the action to be all that exciting. My wife even leaned over to me and she goes, this movie's kind of slow. And I was like, yeah, there's, it's, there's some slow parts. I even doze off in a couple scenes. It's Um, not like wall to wall action, right? Like Spider-Man, it's not going to keep you invested the whole time. Yeah. And I'd say, you know, the thing that for me, like a very distinct lack of a villain for me, really. Yeah, um, right. Because you know Antonio Banderas is in here, um, but he's not really like relevant. He doesn't really do anything, right? In it, you know, like right. if you think about it, like what does he really is, do? Yeah, and it's crazy um, because the poster, yeah. he's the center of the poster. Now Tom Holland is the biggest yeah. piece in the thing, but Antonio Banderas is the middle of the poster. It's like, yeah, you think he has an essential part in this movie, and he really and, doesn't. He's like, he's not even in it that much, really, right. if you think about it. Like, looking right. back on it, I'm like, man, like, and, you know, I can appreciate, you know, putting more Tom Holland and uh, Mark Wahlberg, because, like, I think, uh, and you mentioned it after, you know, there's, like, a good chemistry there, I think, between the two. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, having that on screen more more often than not is a good thing. But I do think, like, there's just not, there wasn't enough in, in the things pushing them, you know, along in the story were not that interesting to me other than like you know hey they're just trying to find a treasure and then they have like the scottish guy or whatever he is um you know showing up to like talk weird and then he's like a joke you know and like like, there's no real confrontation there like except for like maybe twice you know just a couple times in this movie like you know they're i don't know i think that was what was boring to me about it in some instances where i'm just like like, this is fine, but, like, it seems like you guys aren't even racing against anybody. You kind of, like, it doesn't, like, it's not like, you know, you guys are showing up in the same spot with, like, this dramatic thing happening, you know right. what I mean? Like, or it doesn't, you know, it didn't feel like the stakes were that high, you know? Right. We talk about, like, you know, like, the Boba Fett show, where it's like, you know, why are they doing this? What are the stakes? And I look at this, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, and spoiler alert, getting into the end of the movie, like, it was all kind of for nothing at the, at the end, right. like, in a way, like there wasn't anything that really came out of it other than like characters are dead, you know, right. um, they're kind of, I mean, you know, then obviously like, you know, they formed a relationship and they're establishing stuff here, but you know, I, uh, they just didn't do much, you know, overall, like they didn't really, you know, not a lot changed in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. The guy who directed this is Ruben Fleischer. I don't know if that name rings a bell to you. No. He did the Venom movie. Oh, God. He did All both right. Zombieland movies. Oh, okay. He did. Oh. He's got a weird career. He did All 30 right. Minutes or Less with Jesse Eisenberg, Danny McBride, and Aziz Ansari. That was like a comedy. Yeah. And then Gangster Squad, which was a 19, like a, a 40s LA crime thing with Ryan Gosling, Josh Brolin, Emma Stone, and Sean Penn. That movie, I did not like. I thought that movie was super boring. Yeah, I don't even remember and, that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Zombieland was good. 
you know, I like the first Venom, but it seems like with Venom and now this, he seems to be Sony's go-to guy now. There seems like they're calling on him a lot, but yeah. Oh, he did both. Uh, or no, no, he was a producer on the second Venom. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, but this, uh, it was yeah, okay. Weird, this, weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, the direction was okay. The music was by the Game of Thrones guy, Raman Javari, or I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, mm-hmm. the, he also did the Gears of War music, the latest Gears of War. Oh, okay. So his, yeah, his career is actually going pretty good. Whenever they had that Nate's theme, that that music in the mm-hmm. movie, I got excited. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. this is Uncharted. Yeah. Um, so I think they did a good job with a lot of the action, the relationship, like like we mentioned, between Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg is really what's at the forefront and at the center of it. Like a big brother, little brother, back yeah. and forth bickering. But that's not actually how it is in the games. In the games, they're much more like best friends. They're much yeah, more so like... See, I'm trying to remember Sully from the games and like yeah. I didn't... Yeah, I was like, I didn't, I don't know, it wasn't as like, uh, uh, I maybe I could be wrong, but I just don't remember him being as like cold hearted either. Oh no, yeah, he's you nothing know? like that. Like, like you he, love him in the games; he's your yeah, he's best kind friend. Of a dick in the movie, yeah. yeah, in the movies, it's like, yeah, we don't even want this guy to be a part of the movie anymore. We don't like him. Yeah, um, and I kept waiting for them to change that aspect of his character. I guess by the end, when he has that turn. He chooses Nate over the gold. I yeah, guess yeah. from now on, you know, maybe in the next movie, he's going to be nice the whole time. He's going to be a good guy. Mm-hmm. And that little after credits teaser that they have setting when they're up. In, they're both in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Setting up the next movie. He's got the, the iconic Sully mustache. He's got the cigar. And so it seems like they're setting him up to be more like he is in the game. They're going uh, to lean maybe, into it more. Right. Know. Maybe in the sequel, if we get one. I, I haven't looked at the box office numbers on this, but maybe we'll get some more comedy mm-hmm. from Tom Holland. And you, you know, know what else was, was kind of weird? Right. Yeah. We talked about this afterwards when we were eating. Why was he like a pickpocket thief? Like, what did that add to his character? I guess it got him a bunch of stuff, but as far as him being Drake from the game, he never yeah. had that element to his character. So yeah, it's kind of weird. Thieving type of mentality. Yeah. Right. Um, I think, you know what it is? It answers a lot of questions that people would have. So you just say, Hey, this guy's good. But then you just kind of like, all right, yeah, he can pick locks, you know, or he can, right. He can do these without, you know, we don't have to explain this away is what that, that felt like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So far it looks like it made 15 million at the box office. We're only in the second day of release, but I think it's going to be number one, and it's got thirty-six million overall. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about yeah, that sequel. I don't sequel know. Talk. But you know, and I, and I think it's unfortunate because I think it seems like you know. I think I think this could be the start of something good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this it could grow into a good franchise. Um, but yeah, this one is uh, just. It's not bad. It's just, you know, it is, it's middling. It's, you know, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, for a February release, like, there's Mm -hmm. not really much else. What's crazy is Spider Man No Way Home is still in, still playing in theaters. Yeah. Just this last week, it just passed Avatar for it to become the third highest domestic grocer of all time 
mm-hmm. at $760 million. But I don't know if... I, I was trying to... When I was thinking about it as I was watching the movie, would this have been better in the summer as a summer blockbuster? Or do you think it's just not good enough to hold its own against... We got like Doctor Strange coming out. We've got uh yeah, no. I yes. it, no. I, I think it would have been crushed probably. Yeah. This summer. Putting right? it in January, February is kinda like the time and that's when Morbius was supposed to come out and they pushed that back to April, which we saw a trailer for another Sony movie and I was like, Yeah, maybe they should have released it in January because Yeah. I don't know. I'm I got some questions about that one. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of like what else is is coming, but yeah, you think about like Doctor Strange. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. Isn't is um, uh, what's his name? You know, the Lightyear movies coming this year. Or mm-hmm. is, is that this summer? I'm yes. Trying to remember. Right. Uh, that Jurassic Park is coming. Right. Yes. I think that year. You know, there's a yeah. It would have been buried. Um. So I think, you know, honestly, if they could have done anything, maybe push it back a little bit towards like spring, you know, towards a little bit better weather kind of, you know, time frame. But, well, what's crazy if it would have been then, you know, that that Thor movie is coming. The next Taika movie is in July this this year. year. Oh, yeah. And I yeah, that is now that you say that, that's probably. I'm trying to think of. um, Oh, Jordan Peele is the movie that I was thinking of. His movies coming out in, uh, in July, too. Uh, I was looking up summer movie releases. Um, yeah, yeah, it would just get buried because I mean, Taika's. I'm. I don't. I mean, obviously, I reviewed the Thor movie. I haven't seen it yet, but I am highly anticipating that. Um, you know, to see what yeah. he does. So yeah, I honestly, I think it just gets you know buried. Man, Black Panther two is coming out this year. There's Black a ton Adam. of stuff. Yeah, Black yeah. There's Adam. a ton yeah. of stuff that's coming out this year. And Black Adam's gonna be bad, so that'll be funny. <laughs> You know what I mean? We got a good Batman movie coming out soon, yes. so that's gonna hold us over until Taika's movie. Yeah, uh, I think Lightyear might not be good. Uh, June. Mm-hmm. I think Jurassic World might not be good. So you know, honestly, I mean, it could have competed with these because I don't really have a lot of faith in these movies. But you know, it's uh, it is what it is. Uh, you yeah, know, I, I, I just I don't hate this movie. I think it was fine, and I like Tom Holland, and I thought Wahlberg was decent. Um, yeah. There's no really good villain, even the the female character that's with them. Um, right. A majority of the movie, like her villain arc was boring to me, like yeah. out of it. I was like, whatever. Right. And then at the end, she's just totally out of the end of the movie. Like she plays almost no significant role once she right. gets off the plane, you know, uh, right. Which is not 100%. really the end of the movie. It's like it's like third act, but not the end, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of problems with it. It's fine. I'm sure people will find it decent. There's nothing being politically said here. It's very vanilla in terms of that. There's no yeah. commentary, you know, happening here uh, about anything. Right. Almost, it's just right. kind of blatant acting action. Yeah, I would definitely say play the games instead of watching the movie. But it's not the worst thing you could do, you know, with your weekend. Yeah. Now, some some of our weekly recommendations this week. These are things that we think you should be checking out this weekend. Let's start off, Jeff, with Genius, a Kanye trilogy. This is episode one of the Netflix documentary. Do we know how many there's going to be? There's going to be three total. That's why they do um, 
a Kanye trilogy is the like subtitle of it. Mm-hmm. Each Wednesday they're going to be dropping, and if yeah. if they're like this one, this one was ninety minutes, so they're all going to be like little mini movies. Yeah, hopefully, but this one specifically is called Vision, and it's all about him being a hungry producer and coming up mm-hmm. in the hip hop world from Chicago to New York and him getting signed to a record label. Yep. And like, you know, I'll just get right into like some of the most interesting stuff to me. And, you know, we've seen, there's some of these clips I've seen, um, you know, there's interesting, like there's just things like if you're, you're into this music, you know, like if you're into the history of this, like, you know, forget what Kanye's doing, but like seeing guys that are like, you know, they're in baseline studios, which is yes. like legendary Rockefeller studio where you see all these photos of all these people and these producers that all came out of here, just blaze, you know, DJ clues in there. And you have, you know, guru who's like Jay-Z's current engineer still to this day is in this, you know, uh, in, in this episode and stuff. And, um, and then, you know, down to him going to the Rockefeller offices and everything. Um, there's so much that's intriguing to me in here. And, and I think, you know, for, for me and you, especially, you know, people that are into the genre, uh, just a ton of great stuff. Like, you know, I was mentioning it when we were eating, uh, you know, and, and I mean, there's like no IDs in here too. They have a clip from no ID who like, if yes. you know him, you know who that is. But if you don't like, you know, you're seeing kind of like these faces, like, uh, I thought one of the most interesting things from this first episode, not to just ramble here, but, um, when he's in the studio with Scarface, you see how how humble of a person he was. You know, people always called him cocky, but like you look at him even here, you know, he is like, you know, just trying to get his, you know, get his deal, get his vision out there. And he's walking around and people are like, you know, what are these? He's like, oh, these are my retainers. You know, he's like almost almost apologizing for them, you know, because he's yeah. putting his retainers on the counter. It's just a, a great insight into like the beginning of his career and then also like just kind of crazy and like kind of cool to see some of the moments like you know scarface you know is, is in this episode and like you know most people i don't think know who scarface is individually but like you know you look at you know ghetto boys and his position you know just his other solo stuff like for me is amazing and it's like it's cool to see you know, Kanye be nervous around him and then they get out of there and you, you get to see the moment where he's like, man, you know, Scarface, you know, said he loved, loved my shit. I love this. Mate. I'm glad we got that on camera. You know, like <laughs> there's just a lot of moments that I think, you know, especially in the time we talked about it being Kanye out right now. Yes. You know, I think you agree with me where it was like, all right, this guy is a little bit tiring right now with all of the Instagram well, actually, posts that are happening. Um, I wanted to. I want to specifically go into that because yeah. for me, I always look at him, anything he does that's outside of music as I don't not a distraction, I guess. I don't know how to better put it, but it doesn't phase me, I guess, when he does stuff. I'm just like, man, eh, whatever, he's doing something weird, he's doing something crazy. That's kind of something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't really negatively affect me and i think on your side i was surprised number one i was surprised when i first told you about this you had said you were kanye out and then i was surprised when you said you watched it what i guess what kind of made you interested to say to go from i'm kind of 
worn out on him like he's kind of played out at the moment and then to say yeah i do want to watch this what i guess what intrigued you enough to watch it yeah i think it's it was the clip of him walking around the thing that went viral the clip oh, okay. of him playing all falls down for all those people right. um you know hearing that story and hearing all those you know reading articles and you know, you're always hearing people talk about him doing that stuff yeah but then to finally see the awkward rooms that he was in, like where people just don't care. And he's like, yeah, this well, guy that's... just walks into my office, puts this in the boom box. And now I'm, you know what I mean? Like just the, the unseen footage. And I think yeah. you could almost put this, like there's like a million different other rap artists that you could do this for. Not that like Kanye is obviously a unique example, you know, clearly, but like you could do this for like a number of other guys that are more obscure than Kanye. And it's going to interest me because I just love the genre so much. And I'm so interested in like the history of it, you know, yeah. that I, I love to see the footage. Like that. So that's what initially uh, seeing those clips, I was like, all right, I, I have to like watch this now. Yeah. You know? I'm, I thought the thing that was going to interest you the most, and that was the thing that interested me the most. We're seeing him at the beginning of his career. That was what always, when I first heard about this documentary and when I would, when I sent you the trailer for it originally, mm -hmm. yeah, I said, this is the 2004 Kanye that I fell in love with. He was my favorite artist at that time. Yeah. And I was, I was at ASU. I was going to Arizona state and listening to the college dropout over and over and over again. I actually saw him in concert that was the Usher Yeah tour, and he was opening for Usher, and that was the college dropout. He didn't have his own, obviously, he wasn't a headliner yet. That was his first album. Mm -hmm. John Legend was the opener for Kanye. Yeah. So it was a great concert. It was John Legend, Kanye, and then Usher closed it out. So that was actually a really good concert that I went to. But this is the Kanye that I became fascinated with. From his production to his lyrics and what he was, his lyrical content, what he was talking about, mm -hmm. the social justice issues, things affecting black people, and doing it yeah. in a way that was clever, funny, unique. It makes you laugh. The Lexus line, the daughter Lexus yeah. line, that's yeah. a, that sums up this Kanye for me 100%. Him talking about black people being poor, talking about something that is affecting, you know, being socially conscious, they called him a backpack rapper, but right. at the same time, while he's doing it, making you laugh. And that's always like, it's disarming you with that. And then getting you, you know, getting you to open up and, and listen to the social lyrics. Mm -hmm. So all of those things were what made me love Kanye at this time. So seeing his journey from where he is now, because it opens up, with him in, in kind of 20, either 2020 or 2021 around that time when he was um, recording and then going back in time to the yeah. OG Kanye. That was mm -hmm. what intrigued me from the get go. And that's why I was thinking you were going to be going off of that specifically first um, yeah. when I first sent it to you. But it also just makes me, I guess, nostalgic for that time period of, like I said, when I was loving that album and listening to it over and over again, mm -hmm. I liked almost every song on that album. 
Yeah. And it was one that I could listen to from, I didn't skip around, right? Like I was, I did it from front to back. And I think it's a lot like that Michael Jordan last dance documentary. The footage that they got is what makes this documentary special. Obviously also the editing and how they put it together. But the Mm -hmm. fact that they have so much access to this person who is so famous now when they weren't famous. Right. It's like, you don't see that very often. It was like that with, with Jordan. And it's like that with this Kanye documentary. It's like, it's crazy because we've Mm -hmm. been seeing a lot of documentaries lately. Like I was, I was watching the Tom Brady one. I was watching the Joe Montana one recently and they just don't have that access. These guys became famous after. And so they have the footage of, just them being normal people and in normal players before they became ultra famous players. Yeah. But they didn't have the behind the scenes. They didn't have Tom Brady going home pouring yeah. Cheerios in his, you know, uh, in his bowl. Yeah. Real quick. I'll say, you know, it's funny. Like just like real quick. So I think crazy how Tom Brady was like winning Super Bowls at this point. And this is like Kanye's, you know what I mean? Just to think about how long this has been. And oh yeah. Brady right. played like for context, like Kanye's yeah. like up and coming still and Brady's right. won. Super Bowls at this point, kind of right. nuts to think about. I was, but, um, yeah. yeah, I was, I was actually talking about that. This guy came out to install a thermostat uh-huh. in my house, and he saw me wearing a Steelers shirt, and he was like, "What do you think about Ben?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah I didn't think he was going to last this long. I didn't think Brady was going to last this long. Like yeah. it's crazy the the longevity that these quarterbacks have had. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kanye is the same way where he's been relevant." musically this entire time but also there's been the sideshow of his love life and his drama off outside of music political opinions yeah and so for me like i said none of that stuff has ever bothered me i've always kind of focused on the music side of it Mm -hmm. and it's interesting the way that he talks there's a fine line between, um, I was going to say corruption for some reason. There's a fine line between confidence and cockiness. Yeah. And he's always towed that line because there's things that he says that you can interpret both ways. It's like, oh, he's just being confident in himself. He believes in himself. And then other ones, man, this guy's cocky. This guy's a jerk. Yeah, And I could see people being turned off by some of his comments, but like you said, with Scarface and his retainers being humble at yeah. this time is, is very interesting, but you could also see he had plans for his career. He had plans for where he wanted to go and stuff. So that's yeah. all interesting to see all that, knowing what we know now in 2022, mm-hmm. looking back on it. Now I remember this time period when he was coming out and all this stuff is, you know, was true at that time too, but mm-hmm. I didn't have that foresight. I didn't know what was going to happen with his career. Yeah. So you all know, that's interesting. And I think that moment, of, and, and what I'm talking about is like Scar, he's, he pulls the retainers out. He puts them on the counter and Scarface. He's like, man, that shit's not supposed to be on the counter. It's been in your mouth and shit yeah. all day. And Kanye just ignores him, but just keeps playing the music. Yeah. Right. And you could tell he's like, he, if that would have happened today, it would not have been, you know, like that. that oh, I yeah. would love to see the footage of that happening today. Cause it would right. have been, you know, he would not have ignored that and just like right. they kept his head down and kept playing the music, you know? Right. Um, so I think it does humanize him a little bit. You see a guy that's like, 
I mean, even but even in this documentary, you know, it's like you're seeing a bunch of clips where he's like, he's still talking about like he's getting forty, fifty thousand for a beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's getting paid, like you know, especially for that time period, like he's getting paid right. good money. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. it's interesting knowing where his career goes. It's going to be interesting to see that evolution of the person in the first episode to the person in the third episode. And you know what was crazy also? You talked about how long ago it was where Tom Brady was winning stuff. They yeah. had the R. Kelly footage of the first time the stuff came out about him and he was on camera talking about, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that wasn't me or whatever. Denying oh, the allegations. mocking him? Yeah. In yeah. The thing? Oh, man. That was crazy to see. That's how long ago it was. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, um, just at the end of the episode when they had. Um, was it Kurt Loder? Who was that at the end of that MTV news? I was oh, like, um, that is hilarious. That yeah, Gideon. Crowd. We, we Gideon were getting, Diego. you know, how big that little news segment was for right for time. Yeah, I don't know if I ended up seeing that one because I had that was around the time that I stopped watching. Like I was a huge MTV watcher in my in high school, uh-huh. and I I had kind of stopped at that point. Yeah, Gideon Yego. But I I for, I had remembered him, but I had forgot. You know, he worked on MTV News, and then it looks like I'm just looking at his career here. I guess he went on to to do CBS News, and and he's a journalist. But definitely, that was something that brought me back to that time period. And I want to see what happens next. It's also interesting to see people messing up his name, not oh. calling him. The, and what you talked about Kane. being humble, Kane. Yeah. yeah. Did you notice? There's a lot of times he did not correct people. Yeah, when, yeah. His, when they mispronounce his name, that's another thing that wouldn't happen today. Oh yeah, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. So, Gene Yus is the name of the documentary, a Kanye trilogy, and it's currently on Netflix. Yep. Uh, Jeff, you wanted to talk about Peacemaker on HBO Max now that the season is over, now that the first season is done. Yeah. Um, just to recap, we don't have to be long, but um, the show's incredible. Uh, yeah, it's I I would say this is the best show they've ever done. This is the best show of 2021 or 2022 so far. <clears throat> oh, wow, okay, you give it that. Yeah, I, I think yes. I think you might be right. I'd have to compare it to other things, but yeah, I think you're. I think it's. I think I would agree off the top of my head. Um, man, James Gunn is like so good. Yeah, <laughs> I, his writing for this stuff is so good. And then you know, I was sending you the link, and we talked about it at, uh, at dinner or whatever lunch today, and um. I was like, you know, hey, this is like, you know, they're doing another show like uh, like this is, you know, I am so hyped for whatever they give James Gunn next. Like just because I have like so much confidence in the yes. shows that he's making. Um, so I'm like super hyped about that. And then, um, you know, I think the whole concept was great. I thought the um, Mern, you know, his death in the show was like you know, meaningful, uh, yeah, like a crazy moment. And then, you know, for it, it's funny cause he, James Gunn kind of did it with Batista, but to see him turn John Cena into somebody that I dreaded was going to be involved in stuff to, you know, and this goes back to suicide squad, but like, yeah, you know, th- this is only a continuation of that. Like, of like, man, like how good, you know, John Cena was in this show. Um, and he made me like him you know, despite my, my bias of not caring for him in movies. Um, Right. It's incredible. And then, 
I think the moment that I really want to talk with you about, which I think, you know, for me, which we hadn't talked yet, uh, I don't think really extensively about any of the, the, uh, the justice league moment, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I hope this is a sign of Warner brothers. Like James Gunn kind of played it off in that interview of like, Oh, well these guys, you know, they didn't, I don't think they knew that I was going to do that. They, I think they didn't realize what I, what I had made a deal with them about, like kind of played it off. Like, you know, well, they didn't realize what I was going to do, but um, I just hope that that's a sign of like, Hey, like we're going to give this guy whatever he wants. And to be perfectly honest, I would have loved to see James Gunn have the role that Zack Snyder did. Right. Oh, Am I yeah. saying the right name? Zack Snyder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For Justice League. Snyder, yeah. I would have yeah. loved to see, you know, it doesn't even have to be the Justice League, but like almost like a creative director, you know, like a guy that they're like, Hey, we, in all of our Warner franchises, we have these superhero movies. We want you to lead the effort. We want you to find the directors. We want you to find the writers. We want right. you to, to head up the, you know, set the aesthetic for the entire yeah. thing, you know, become the Feige for this or yes. something. Or, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously I want James Gunn making movies, not just like helping facilitate them. But, um, man, like I, I am when they, when they popped up and when it was Momoa and it was Ezra Klein or whatever his name is like, yeah, Miller. I was, I was, as I really, I was, you know, just so happy that they like, you know, continue to let him do whatever he wants, essentially, yes. I feel like, or give him the free reign to like do things. Right. Yeah, definitely. His voice is one that I trust and anything that he does in the future, I'm going to be following. They already announced season two of Peacemaker, so we're going to continue on that one. But yeah, they definitely wrapped it up in a satisfying way. There wasn't anything that I didn't feel like paid off. Um, mm -hmm. I guess the only, the one thing that was kind of a question mark in my mind was Goff, the butterfly. Yeah. After John Cena basically betrays him. Yeah. Why does Goff go back to him? Like, why does he still feel good yeah. about him yeah, tries to yeah and the only thing i could think of in the way that i had kind of justified it was okay he said that cow was only going to give them you know another hundred years and then yeah. that was it that uh -huh. either the cow was going to die or they're going to run out of food or whatever and they were trying to change the planet in that time and now now that there's no food he was just i guess he was just like all right, whatever. I'm going to die anyway. Might as well go back to this guy that was nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> that was my only thing. And it was yeah. weird because John Cena had some of that stuff. That's right. going to run out too. Like there's no, he's not going to have too much of that right. cow's whatever goo left. Goo, whatever so, serum. Yeah. That was kind of weird. But that final shot of the show on John Cena's porch or peacemaker's yeah. porch, mm -hmm. where it was like, it's him, it's golf. His dad, the vision of his dad, and yep. eagerly. That was interesting to see. This is what season two is going to go into. He's probably going to have to deal with his dad being in his head yeah. all of season two. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens there. But all of the comedy, all of the action I thought was pretty good for, oh, especially yeah. that, you know, that last battle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a sure. lot of gory stuff that was well done. A lot of 
violent, ultra violence was well done. Um, yeah. Me being a martial arts fan, I don't think the judo master and the the Hargrave stuff where she was doing some hand to hand combat, mm-hmm. that one didn't live up to me. Like I wanted it to be the daredevil hallway fight, you know, that level of martial arts in a TV show. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't live up to that. But I think if I was just reading the script and, you know, at whenever there's action, it's like, all right, insert action here, whatever. And you're not thinking about actually how it's done and the choreography. That's fine. All of that stuff with the way that, you know, James Gunn wrote action. Mm -hmm. I like all of that stuff. And that last battle was really good. Yeah, and I would say the that's like the a strong point is like you think about these TV shows and just the high level. Like this is like an extension of the movie quality, I yes, would say. Right. You know, this is like really high quality stuff yeah. is, is what carries it uh, yeah. in some ways. Although what was crazy about that, like I, I agree with you, I think it was really high level TV quality. Yep. When they showed the flashback to the Suicide Squad movie where he oh, kills uh-huh. Rick Flagg, yeah. you could really see the... All right, that's what a movie camera looks like. Like that, it was like yeah. Let's say 4K versus 1080p. They spent more time on on yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah. You can see a ton sure. of detail in that mm-hmm. shot, but for definitely for television, this is like a hundred percent. This is ten out of ten for me. Were you Were you surprised when you saw the Justice League pop in? No, unfortunately, I got spoiled on Twitter. Oh, by, that's right. Spoiled. Yeah, an idiot who just yeah. <laughs> an hour after the show came out. He's posting the flash online. I'm like, why are you? You could not wait. You couldn't. I had other friends online be like, oh, that cameo was amazing. That's all yeah. they said. Uh-huh. This guy had to specifically say, love the flash. Loved yeah. it. I was like, you idiot. I unfollowed him. Yeah. But just, yeah, immediately get rid of that person. That would have been great to have it as a, mm-hmm. a surprise for me. So, one, ad- one additional thing I wanted to say is this feels. You know, depending on what we get out of the Batman, which all signs are pointing towards positive, you know, and the Peacemaker, I f- this feels like what may be the beginning of a good DC run. Nice. Yeah. You know, I don't right. know if you feel the same or not, but I feel like maybe they're starting to get it. I know they lucked into James Gunn with him getting fired by yeah. Marvel. And, you know, they're doing all, you know, Batman's going to be a little bit separate from everything else because of the quality that they, yeah. you know, the, the event movie that that is, it's always going to get treated a little different. But um, I feel like if they let the right people make the right calls, like we might just might get finally get a good run of, of DC stuff here, you know? Yeah, I'm still on the fence. It feels like it's going to be hit or miss as we go through, because you even said with the Black Adam, like, yeah, that is, yeah, there's that. And then we got the Flash movie coming where it looks like that's going to have, it's going to be the Flashpoint storyline from the comics. It's going to have different Batmans. You know, I don't yeah. know how that movie's going to do, but Peacemaker, I think me and you were both like, this is going to be a home run from the get go because all you have to do is say James Gunn. And oh. we know it's going to be good. Yeah, and one other thing. So I was talking about they're going to make it. They haven't revealed it. James Gunn was very coy about it. Did not say what he, uh, what the next character. Out of the Suicide Squad, they're going to do another show. He confirmed it, that it's pretty much going to happen. And, you know, if 
Warner has any brains, they'll obviously let him continue to do what he <laughs> wants. Um, who would you like? Do you, King Shark? Do you think they do it? There's no way, right? Who do you think they do if they do yeah. it? this new show would be the way that they've done king shark i don't think they can yeah. because of the way they made him now in the yeah. comics he would you would be able to make a whole show out of him because he's actually intelligent he doesn't speak like that like sylvester stallone and you could yeah. actually do a king shark show yeah i think but, the budget might be hard on that yeah yeah that would be a ton of cg but for me i would say idris elba's character because uh-huh. number one, I like him as an actor, and then number two, I felt like there's enough there where you could make a good storyline with him throughout a season where he's and and they didn't really go into this in the movie, but in the comics, he can basically teleport mm-hmm. to other realities and other universes, oh okay. and he can also teleport any weapon into his hand. So any laser gun, you know, any in the movie, they kind of made it. It was on his body and he was just pulling it off his body. But in the comics, it is a a power of his basically where he can teleport stuff. So I'd like to see that in a TV show where he's going to different realities. Every episode, he's pulling out every weapon that he can think of. (laughs) That would be interesting to me. So that that would be the character I'd like to see. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Guess what? He's going to be playing Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yep. He's also going to be in Guardians 3, so another James Gunn thing. All right, yeah. And then, apparently, I just found this out, they are doing a Jungle Book 2 with Jon Favreau next year. Uh, Yikes. And he's going to be in it as Shere Khan, the bad uh, panther. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. So we'll see what happens there. He's so two voiceover roles for him. Actually, maybe in Guardians, maybe he's doing a voiceover too. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, who knows, right? Yeah. But Peacemaker was a great show. I highly recommend the entire season. Out now on HBO Max. And then to round out this episode, I want to recommend Horizon Forbidden West, which just came out yesterday as we record this on PlayStation. It's on PS4, it's on PS5. It is the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, which I never finished, but I got about halfway through and I was enjoying what I was playing of it. Um so I was eagerly anticipating the sequel. I played the first level and it's kind of like just like the tutorial level. Uh-huh. And I'll say just from that level, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be just more of the original game. So if you liked Horizon Zero Dawn, I think it's going to be an easy recommend for Forbidden West. It looks fantastic. Um, I switched over to the performance mode because I did care more about the frame rate than the resolution. But even in performance mode, it still looks good. It's still high frame rate. It's exactly what I wanted. And I can see myself playing this like, you know, every day after work just putting it on. I think this is going to be my go-to game for until I beat it. Yeah. So definitely recommend horizon forbidden West on all of the Sony platforms. And maybe it'll be on PC um, later, but yeah, let's hope that 
that's it for this week of seasons change we'd like to thank you for listening don't don't forget you can always rate us everywhere you listen to podcasts including spotify because spotify has a five-star rating system so most people listen on apple Podcasts, but spotify is an up-and-comer as well you can also check us out on all of our social pages we're on twitter and instagram i think it's seasons underscore podcast you can check out our anchor page anchor.fm slash seasons change leave us a voicemail either on the web page or on the anchor app which is really cool for listening to podcasts you can send us your thoughts what you've been watching or consuming throughout the week or maybe you want to recommend something to us to check out we're always down for the recommendations if you need some voiceover talent you can check out our boy Shoff. you can check out our girl brie who does our trailer all of their stuff is in our show notes and next week we're going to be back talking some more stuff hopefully jeff we we're going to get some bat stuff soon not next week but the week after that so we got a week to fill until the batman mm-hmm all right, but I do hear something in the background, Jeff. A little, a little tweet, tweet, tweet. You know what that is? I don't. It's the seasons changing. Ah, oh, fucking Rob. And Shoff's here too.